0: I'm with Robert Bass today. He's a pastor at a very large church in Jacksonville, Florida, and he's written many books. Uh, his latest book is called A Hidden Fruit," and he is a pastor that wants to empower Christians uh, on how to live your best life and uh, to accomplish your purpose. So uh, let me introduce you to Robert. Hi, Robert.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me on today.
0: Thank you, Robert, for coming on. I love to speak to pastors like you. So, explain your um, uh, role as a pastor and then your book. What is all that about?
1: Yes, I have uh, the honor to to pastor a church here in Florida. Like you mentioned, you know, I've been uh, been through many different things in my life. I've been a personal trainer, uh, worked on cars as Mercedes Benz, been a tennis athlete. God has really had me on an amazing journey, and now uh, I'm a pastor and even an author like you mentioned, and so it's so amazing what God will do with just faithful, obedient steps.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all need encouragement, especially in times like this, you know, where at least if we're not, if we're separated by distance, then maybe perhaps this is the best way to talk to each other and share our stories. And so your book is called The Hidden Fruit. Um, What is that all about?
1: Yes, it is on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So the reason I named it Hidden Fruit is because I have met so many Christians who just don't have, seem to have joy or peace uh-huh. or, you know, self-control. And I really begin to wonder why. And, you know, Galatians 5, talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is, you know, love and joy and peace. And what I begin to realize is it's a byproduct of God's presence. It's not a byproduct of me or anything I can really do, which explains why so many of us don't have peace, is because we try to do it, you know? We learn the hard way. We try to uh, have a peaceful life ourselves, then we realize we can't do it, and then we turn, unfortunately, sometimes uh, last to God. And so I wrote this book to encourage people that, hey, you can find this, but it's in and through the presence of God.
0: Definitely. We can't really accomplish anything of ourselves. It's all through God. But I have to admit, even as a believer, it gets hard to have, you know, always that peace, joy, love that God speaks about when there's like constant bombardment of negative information everywhere. So how do you deal with that?
1: Yep. And so um, one of the special elements to my book is um, I'm going to go ahead and give the secret out for your listeners is um you know the the book has a special element to it where there is a personal letter from a father to their child expressing how to experience this fruit. So just like you said, it can be so hard to you know to know something right? I know I need peace. yeah, uh, I know I need joy in my life, but how do I practically do that? And so one of the practical steps is so many of us haven't got affirmation from our fathers or our parents, so you know, parents being so busy, so overwhelmed by life, just a lot of times don't give the children the focus that they need, the, the words of encouragement that they need. You know, we're, we're humans, right? And yeah. so we fall short, e- even with my own son. Uh, I don't always say the right things and, and do the right things when he needs them. And so this book actually has a personal letter from a father to a child before each of the fruit. And so you're meant to read it and receive these healing words on how to live a life of love, to how to truly have peace. It's almost like your father giving you the secrets to life on how to experience this fruit. It's one thing to know about love. It's something completely different to experience love.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right about that. And, you know, a lot of, you made a very good point on that children sometimes don't get the affirmation from your from their parents and that carries through with them their whole life. So then it's hard to see, you know, that love, joy, peace that God has already ordained for us. But if we come from a broken place, then it's like a disconnect with God. And so how do you bring yourself back so you know where you can see God's love? and the Holy Spirit to work within you.
1: Yeah. So I've uh, been through uh, my own crazy stories. Like I mentioned, I've been through a motorcycle accident and I got to experience love. It really helped me understand this. And so uh, when I went through this motorcycle accident, I had to learn to walk again and, you know, bills were piling up and I had all these problems uh, happening, had to learn to walk and need people to take me to therapy. And so my family and the church, came around me and helped me. And so, you know, it's one thing to know someone loves you, but it's another f- to experience people actually loving you, like showing up and taking me to physical therapy and yeah. bringing me food and so you you have this difference in experiencing love and and just the knowledge of love. And so, I tell people who don't believe in God, I'm like, "Look, I've experienced his presence." I know what he's done to, to me and with me and for me in my life. No one can take that away because I know what God has brought me through. So it's yeah. one thing to just read about someone. It's something completely different to experience their presence. And so when I talk about love in this book, I really break down what love is. Yeah. You know, the, the biblical, uh, there's eight different words in the Bible for love. That right there, we should just pause and say, wow, there is a depth of God's love that is going to take me a really long time to search out. So just knowing that love, God's love is so deep that the Bible has over eight different words to describe this kind of depth of love that God has for us really helps us get on a journey to know God. Instead of assuming we know him or assuming we've got it all figured out, To really go on a journey to say, you know what, I want to truly know God. So the chapter about love kind of dives into that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, God Himself has described one of His names as love. So He is love. And He's displayed many different kinds of love sacrificial love, familial love, all kinds of love that, you know, that we embodied as His children. So I'm at your website right now and you have other books uh you have a total of four different books so can you explain what they are i know yes. we just talked about the hidden fruit uh yeah. you also have the audio version and then you have these other short uh books love joy and peace and patient kindness and goodness
1: yes so you can see it right there i have an audio version of the book that's out yeah. And so, if you know, for those, we're on a podcast right now. So, the, for people that love to listen, they can grab the audio book and, and listen as they drive or on the go. But what I've also done is I've broken down the book into smaller sections. So, if you didn't want to read the entire book, you could just get the chapters on love, joy, and peace. So, let, let's just say you're, you're looking for love in your life or, or you feel like you lack joy, you could buy the short ebook on just those three. Same thing if you know someone who's looking for patience. They're like, hey, I'm just, I'm not a patient person. Well, guess what? I got a short ebook (laughs) on patience. You don't have to have a lot of patience to read it. It's super quick, super short, to the point. So it's for those who maybe don't have a lot of time. Um, And so it's three chapters. So it's a condensed short book on each of those subjects for someone to read. And so those have been really popular. It's almost like a grab and go kind of a book.
0: Awesome. And I know that they're also available on Amazon, which I did post on my website as well. Um, so tell me more about, um, As a, are these books like really mainly written for Christians or anyone that's, because uh, would they really understand it if they're non-believers?
1: Yeah, that is a good point. So obviously the foundation is the faith in God and in Jesus. Uh, to understand this book, because the whole point of the book is saying, hey, you're, you can't live a life of joy without the presence of God. And, and so someone would have to embrace that fact. Um, but, you know, I do share stories in there about my journey on learning this. And so, you know, even if someone is like, hey, I'm not really sure about Jesus. I'm not really sure about my walk with God. Um, I kind of break those stories down. I've also written two other books Um, that is more of a testimony on how I found God, what God did in my past. Um, And those are called past to Purpose and Purpose on the Path. So for someone who's really searching uh, for God, those other two books may be uh, more helpful. Yeah, wonderful.
0: So So how would you go about defining how to find your purpose with God?
1: Yeah, I I talk about that in, in my previous books. I feel like The reason we struggle so much trying to find our purpose is because we try to do it in our own strength. Yeah. Um, So many times people use the word um, surrender or sacrifice in negative kind of ways. But really, it's meant to be something that like, wow, I don't have to do life by myself. Like I get to trust someone. I get to trust the creator of the world right to help me to guide me to be with me for me it's absolutely amazing like oh wow you mean i get to surrender and i don't have to figure things out i'm i'm a first child and so i i love to to do it my way and and to lead and take the charge and so it took me a while to learn to surrender and to say okay god i'm going to trust in your wisdom not in my own experience someone sees more than I see, who knows more than I know. And so when I begin to embrace surrender, I got to embrace my purpose because my purpose is actually to be with God. Yeah. And so I tell people as, as a pastor and leader, I'm like, Hey, if you don't like spending time with God, I don't think you're going to like heaven <laughs> because we're going to be with God. Uh, a lot. <laughs> for sure. I mean, he's going
0: to be, the ray of sunshine and no more, all the light will emanate through him. So will definitely, yeah. take, but what does it really mean to surrender to God? How do you go about doing that?
1: It's a great question. Uh, for me, surrender looks like having a moment where I include God. So yes, you know, God empowers us. Yes. God gives us, you know, the ability to choose and make decisions just like a good father does and a good parent does. They allow their kid to express themselves in their very unique way. But it's the fact that we include him. Like, I love it when my son comes to me and says, hey, what do you think about this? When he comes and asks for my wisdom, I mean, to me, that's the greatest moment. I mean, he may not use it and he may go off and play and and still choose to do it his way. But it's the fact that he wanted to know what I thought about it. And I believe that pleases God. When we yeah. come to him in a moment and we just say, hey, you know what? I want to know what you think. Or opening the Bible and says, what does the Bible say about this? And, you know, to include him. And so instead of immediately jumping off and oh, I know the answer. Right. So for me, surrender looks like right off the bat, assuming I don't know the answer. So that's yeah, so a good instead, point
0: you know, to open the Bible and search for that. Um But what about like, you know, let's just say that you're a a God-fearing, believing Christian and you try to talk to God and you do try to read the Bible, but answers don't come sometimes and your prayers don't get answered. So how do you walk with God when you feel like you're just alone sometimes?
1: Yes, it's a great question. And I've been there myself. I've been there in moments where I'm like, I don't feel like I hear God or see God or I'm aware of what he's he's doing. And so uh, for me, when I read in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, right, God created. And so I have to acknowledge that pretty much everything I see in this world, God has a part of. Yeah. And he can speak to me in. There's been moments where I've been driving down the road and I just see a sign. And all of a sudden, these thoughts start coming to me.
0: Mm. I'm like, wow,
1: that's interesting. I see something and these new thoughts come in. And so I began to say, God, is this you? Yeah. Or one of the things that's helped me a lot is when I pray, I say, God, I want you to speak to me. And, and I, when I pray that, I'm praying in faith. Therefore, if thoughts are coming to my mind, I'm going to assume that that's God. And that took me a long time because when I would pray and thoughts would coming to my head, I'd think, well, of course, this is, these are my thoughts. Like I've thought this. But just like when someone speaks to you, when me and you are talking now, like my words are coming across, and, and they're coming into our brain, and we can easily begin to say, "Oh well, these are my thoughts," yeah, or, or these are my and so actually having faith that when I ask God to speak to me, that He will, and not assuming that I'm that God's going to speak to me in one way. Yeah, I could go out for a walk and see a tree, and and all of a sudden thoughts just start coming to my head about different aspects of life. And, and me saying, oh, well, that's that's not God. God wouldn't speak to me like that. But being open-minded and saying, okay, God, I want you to speak to me. Show me how. And so I was a personal trainer. And just like when you go to the gym, it takes practice. Like you have to work out your your listening ears to be able to be in tune with God. And so just like a parent and a child relationship, the longer they're with each other, then the more they know their voice, and, and so yeah, I think
0: practice. that would take a lot of practice. I'm still practicing. Yeah, <laughs> still trying to do. figure it out. Um, you know, I've been a believer for a long time now, over 20 years, but it's still a struggle sometimes. And even when I dedicated my work now to you know uh, sharing God's word. Uh, I can't say that I'm like at a hundred percent where I should be and I'm still trying to figure it out. So you mentioned, you know, like part of your journey is to figure out your best version or best purpose for your life. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So when I believe like the subtitle of my book says to receive all that God has for you, uh, I believe God loves us so much that He desires for us to, to live a great, fulfilled life with love and joy and peace. And so for me, I'm on a journey of, okay, if I don't see those things in my life, I actually believe it's a promise. God doesn't promise much in the Bible. He doesn't promise life's going to be good. He yeah. doesn't promise we're not going to have problems. But I believe the fruit of His presence is a promise that we yeah. can experience love. Enjoy joy, and peace in spite of what we're going through. Yeah. And, and so for me, it's constantly living a life of saying, well, if you read before Galatians 5.22, you see all the works of the flesh, right? right? Selfishness, anger. And so if I see those things coming out in my life, I know that I'm not being submitted to God and, and yielding the fruit and the goodness that God has for me. And, and so what I love is, you know, God just wants to be a part of our journey. You know, we never get to a place where we have arrived and where yeah. God's like, okay, you're good now. You're, you're a big adult. I'm going to leave you alone. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. God always wants to be with us. Like, yeah. and again, that's the goal. Like when we get to heaven, we're going to be in his presence with renewed yeah. bodies. I mean, it's going to be glorious, right? And and the great part about it is that's what he desires is to be with us, hence why he gives us the So it
0: kind of seems like God is really preparing each of these believers to be in his presence. Like that is our journey in a sense, right? That maybe we're just not ready to meet him face to face, but we go through all these hardships and trials to kind of recognize God's power. God's character and then we finally arrive and say, Okay, I get it now. My God. Yeah.
1: And what yeah. I love is he he knows that, but yet he still wants to be with us. Yeah. He still wants to even walk with us in the journey. I mean, the first time my kid learned to ride his bike, you know, I was right there. He fell over a ton of times, but I was still there to push him and pick yeah. him back up. And God's the same way. You know, when we're not hearing his voice or when we're not obeying or even when we do those great things, he's still with us. Yeah. You know, and he wants to be with us and he wants to be included in our journey. And for me, that's the biggest thing is, um, I would define a mature Christian that includes God sooner. So when we make a mistake or we sin, we go to God sooner. It's like, okay, God, you know, uh, Uh, was fleshly focused today. God, I I come to you. I I bring you back in. But what shame does, shame says, you know what? You've messed up. God doesn't love you. He doesn't want to speak to you anymore. He doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want But love, right? The fruit of God's presence, love draws in. So love says, in spite of what you've done, Jesus has still sacrificed.
0: Yeah, that was his ultimate love for us. So we should be able to learn from that as well. Yes. So your other chapters that you mentioned that you did like the short uh, e-books on, one of them was self-control and patience, right? What yes. was all that about?
1: Yeah, self-control is actually a really popular one because so many people haven't realized that self-control is a fruit of God's presence. Because we think yeah. about self-control, right? Like self, like myself, and I'm going to control. So I'm going right. to try to eat healthy or I'm going to try to exercise or live a good life when we forget that self control is actually dying to ourselves or submitting ourselves to God and allowing him to renew our mind,
0: to to
1: renew our bodies, to, to heal us, to transform us. Therefore we can control ourselves. And so the, the beautiful part about uh, that chapter, I'm giving away all the good nuggets here (laughs) is, is, you know, it's really a life of, surrendering to him that allows us to have self control so when i owned a personal training business i would try to help people you know eat right exercise and live a healthy life and well there's a reason why the business was successful is because yeah. it's hard it is hard for us to have self control therefore to me i think the reason self control is listed last is because it's one of the hardest ones right and and It's a good indicator if we have self control in our life that we are allowing the Holy Spirit to rule our life. So, self control for me is a really good indicator that God is ruling in a Christian or in a believer's life.
0: So, basically, like if you can master the fleshly desires in whatever format, then that's a good indicator that you're following God's principles and the Holy Spirit's working within you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and it's not even to say that uh, a thought won't pop into our mind, or you know we won't be tempted. Right? In uh, in the gospels, it said Jesus was led into the wilderness and tempted. Yeah. So the the temptation obviously is not the sin; it's having the control not to follow the sin, not to do things that's going to lead away from God's presence, and to do the same thing Adam and Eve did in the garden is they chose to control, they chose to define. Good and evil,
0: yeah, that's a pretty good point because throughout the Bible, it's always uh, restraining from evil, saying no, just like Jesus did on when he was tempted in the desert, if he had gone into accepting that, then everything would have been lost. Nobody would have inherited the kingdom. But because he rejected that, even after fasting for forty days, which he would have been a super vulnerable state to be tempted and came in. And because he rejected Satan, then that meant he not only inherited all the kingdom, all the universe, more than what Satan offered, but then we got to be co-inheritors of that kingdom, too. He brought us with him, too. Yep. So that that is, in itself, is an awesome story. So I do agree with you 100% that it's the denial of, you know, things and when we're tempted. That that's the restraining spirit, the Holy Spirit that's working within us. Um, But I I guess this question is more to your uh, pastoral knowledge than the book. How do you know if you are, you know, if the Holy Spirit resides in you once you accepted
1: God? It's a great question. So I feel like my book answers that question. (laughs) It's a really, it's a really good one. Is when we see these things in our life. And so it's hard to love other people w- without God, you know. Yeah. I, before I was saved, I, I was selfish. I, I was mm-hmm. very focused on me and not other people. And so when you see someone really loving others without an agenda, true love—I mean, it's it to me—it's obvious that that God is with them because God transforms hearts, and you just see it. I, I've seen some of the meanest people. <laughs> that have said some really bad things and done really bad things. And all of a sudden, they're just, it's like they're a brand new person. Oh. And, and, and the way that they care about others or the way that they act has just really been transformed. And so you can see that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's what sanctification is all about, is us constantly you know, renewing ourselves and becoming closer to God. But to me, it's an indicator that we have the Holy Spirit. We have God's presence with us when we see this fruit, because it's not a fruit of us. It's not a fruit of me. So in a moment where I could be aggravated or I could get mad when I have patience, Wow. Well, that, that's an indicator that, wow, that fruit is there. And it's shocked. It has shocked me sometimes.
0: Yeah.
1: I remember driving down the road one day and we were late going somewhere and my wife's like, you, you're not upset. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm not. Wow. It's a little shocking. (laughs) Right. And so when we see that in our life, it's a really good indicator that God is with us.
0: Yeah. This is the verse, Bible verse. Talk about that. The uh, fruits of the spirit, uh, love, patience, joy. I forgot all of them. But yeah. Um, so that's basically what your book covers. Right. The hidden fruits of what that verse is all about.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. And, I, and I think the the scripture does a good job describing them as fruit because fruit has to grow. Yeah. It's not necessarily something that's going to happen right away, which is a mistake You know, a lot of us make when we get saved. We think, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus and life's going to be good. And I'm yeah. going to instantly have all the love or all the peace that I need. Well, it, it's something that's got to be cultivated. right? And, and there's some other parables in the Bible that talks about having good soil, the conditions of our heart to remove the rocky things that have gotten into us. Yeah. Um, so so it does take some work on our part, but I would say that that work is really being submitted.
0: So, let's talk about love. I know you've already touched on that, but you know, there are different kinds of love. But what it I mean, what does it really mean or, or how is it shown? Is it like affectionate type of love towards people or is it more of restraint and sacrificial of not doing like trying to do the best for people? But that doesn't necessarily mean, like, uh, you know, like I love you all the time or hugging, you know, those kinds of outward appearances of love. How do you? How yeah. would you find the best love that God intended for us?
1: That's good. So I actually wrote this down when I was preparing. I wrote down one of the words for love in the Bible is agape, and so agape is a deep affection or benevolence that is not affected by actions or situations. So it's this very deep kind of love that says, in spite of what's happened or in spite of what someone's done to me, I still care for them.
0: Mm-hmm. right?
1: I, I still have a heart for them. And so I wrote down the scripture out of Mark 12, 29, uh, and, and Jesus was asked what the most important commandments are. Word, and he says, the most important is, you know, is this: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And then yeah. obviously he says, the second is the, the same is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so to take that agape, to take that love, and, and in spite of what we think, in spite of what we have experienced, I mean, this is huge because for people that have lost a loved one or for someone who's had something tragic happen to them in their life, it's easy to blame God. And
0: people just do bad things to each other. That's that's the problem. How do you love them back despite what they do to you? You know, I think that is the hardest to understand Um, because, you know, normal affectionate love, I, I get all of that, but it's like when you have so many people around you doing their own thing and then you get into the crossfire of whatever they're doing and betrayal and all kinds of other evils, then it's hard to feel any emotional love for them. Right. So like, uh, can you still have love for them in another way without, or do you have to invoke the emotional part of it saying, I love you still. I mean, how does that work?
1: So that's a good question. So a lot of times we uh, blend love and emotions together, uh, but they're not always together and they're not always the same. Uh, I mean, there's times where, uh, you know, my wife and son does things to me and I don't emotionally like it and I get (laughs) upset, but I make a decision, right? In those moments to, to still act correctly Towards them to still be a good father and to be still be a good husband and so uh, in a lot of ways love can be disconnected uh, from an emotional experience that some people uh, or that we can have because it's a decision so I'm saying in spite of what I've done Jesus said in spite of my sin He first loved me so so knowing I'm going to deny Him that was a big revelation in my life I I actually have been someone that's betrayed Jesus. I have spoken bad about him before I knew him, before I was saved, before I fell in love with Jesus or before I decided to follow him. I was someone who contributed to his death on the cross. And so in spite of all that, Jesus has said, you know what? I still choose you. I still choose to lay down my life for you. And that is how I know love is operating, the fruit of God's presence in my life. When I am as Jesus, when when someone does something so wrong to me that I don't I want to respond badly, or, yeah. or my all my friends are telling me, you know what, you should do this or you should do that. But I know that the presence of God is with me when I choose to still do what's best for them, that knowing is that great God's gonna point, protect
0: me. Cause I think that's how I've looked at it in the past on uh, my own, is that It's a conscious decision to still do the best for the other person, despite whatever the circumstances are. So, how do you? uh, I'm only have a few more minutes left, but how do you uh, envision, like us as body of believers, go through the hard times that are, you know, that are happening in the last few years, especially, and everything—the cultural change and governmental change—all of these changes that invokes us to. React in some way. How do we deal with
1: that? Yeah, and and, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit um, with us. Yeah, because it's, it's so hard. I, I'm not going to pretend that it's easy at, at all. It is hard to love. Jesus laid down His life and and He died because of love. Yeah, and, and so it is a it is a sacrifice, you know. But I, I tell people all the time, you'll never overcome darkness with more darkness. Right. Only the light and only love will overcome uh, evil. Hence, the love of God did overcome evil on the cross. Yeah. And so that is something that I always have to remember is in spite of what I see, that loving other people is only going to be the answer, even if it requires me sacrificing my time, my energy, my resources. But my hope is not in this world my hope is in that Jesus has already conquered this world and that when I'm with him in heaven, that has the final say.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, God uh, died for our sins. So that means we were the wretched ones. So if he loved us, despite all of that, that means he, he's shown us the greatest love of all, despite everything that we do. Um so as a point to love others uh, as ourselves, and even like, like say, people who are against God and against biblical values, how do you show love to them?
1: Yeah, for me, it's, it's remembering all the mistakes I've made and all the ways that I operated uh, before I've been able to, um, you know. Operate with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and also knowing that I'm not perfect and I'm not going to get it perfect. And so, knowing that I need God just as much as someone else, that no matter what my title is, no matter how old I am, or how long I've been walking with God, to know that I need Him just as much as I was when I didn't believe in Him, or maybe even the first day I accepted Jesus, I need Him just as much. And that allows us to be humble.
0: And it yeah. allows
1: us to say, you know what, God, let me see them the way you see them. Let, let me love them the way you would love them. Let me be the one that's going to act on behalf of God. I mean, that's part of the Ten Commandments is, is to love others like God would love them and to image him well, like we are made to be God's image bearers. And so to image God well for someone who doesn't know God, I'm actually meant to represent him. And yeah, so that that's that's what helps me is we we are God's representatives on this world.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. We are the witness and the the, the light, the salt of the earth. So we can't present his love, and I don't know how we're going to get it back. Yeah. Well, I uh, agree with you. So I will post your link for your website, hiddenfruitbook.com. Uh, and do you have any other thoughts you want to share about your book?
1: Yeah, I just hope that it's encouraging, you know, for those that like to listen to it, the audiobooks available or even the short ebooks, kind of like what you uh, pointed out for a little quick reads. Yeah. Uh, So I just hope that it's a blessing.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I love that, you know, we are at least able to talk about the definition of God's love and how to apply it in our life. And because we as Christians tend to forget, you know, when so many things are bombarded, it's good to be reminded That, you know, what our purpose is, how to love others. And, you know, it's and be patient, you know, like part of, as you said, you know, once we know that we're resisting those negative things, that's the fruit for the Holy Spirit to work within us. So I appreciate that uh, and your thoughts on that as well. So thank you so much um, for coming on. And I hope to uh, share all your information and um, bring you back someday for another talk.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, Robert. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, you too.